podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. It's the moment of the evening every K-State fan enjoys. Settle down and pour a whiskey, crack open a LaCroix. Please put your hands together and make a little noise for your favorite Wildcatters, the handsome Bosco boys. The boys are back, and you know what? It, it's been too long. I've been sitting around like, man, you know, do, do I do a Q&A episode? Do I, you know, go super long talking about the NCAA football game? Do I get everyone's hopes up about a possible transfer for basketball? No, n- none of that's good. So I was like, all right, it's almost Father's Day. You know, this is the last show before Father's Day. I'll be doing the dad pod with my dad next week so i thought it was a fitting time to bring on the second best dad in the world the co-founder of bosco's boys the former co-host of the show but always part of the heart and soul of bosco's boys and bonehead nation a lot of people's favorite co-host of all time the man the myth the legend the man of a hundred different different twitter accounts grant Last name redacted. Grant. Hello. How are you? Good to be back on the program. I'm going to try to bring some high energy. I'm sipping on a tequila soda and I'm ready to roll. Dude, that's like the still to this day, like the one spirit. I like, I'll I'll have like a tequila drink on occasion. Um, What is it like tequila and grapefruit? Is that a Paloma? Paloma is a great cocktail. See, I, I like that. That's favorite. about the only thing tequila I'll do, but uh, just some uh, some time from my early 20s that tequila just kind of makes me cringe. I felt the same way as you did. And and last summer, I, I made a concerted effort to kind of go on a little tequila tour and kind of get over that hump. And it really worked. Paloma, that's a great that's a great start. I think that's the best tequila cocktail I'm not even like a huge margarita fan. They've grown on me a little bit, but they give me just instant like acid reflux. So I I usually go for the Paloma and I think it's great, but a a classic tequila soda with some lime is also, it's, it's good stuff. It's mild. And I think I, for like hangovers wise, I think tequila for me is probably the best, which is, I think goes against the, the grain of the, the myth about tequila, but you know, I think most people have problems with tequila because they're just shooting cheap well tequila when they are already too drunk and then they're adding on. So whenever you're taking shots at a bar, you're going to be in trouble no matter what it is. Oh, I, I think I've I, I can't tell you the last time I took a shot. I don't do you take like shots. do you like Bloody Marys? No, hate them. Oh, well, never mind. Yeah, I I, I, I don't take shots at all i i I legitimately i i'm trying to think about it and i don't i i could not tell you the last time i took a shot it's yeah i mean there's no reason to take a shot i mean these days you know why would you yeah champions league in the background hey come on enter go Go enter yeah uh i think the last time i might have taken a shot like this is how long ago i think it might have been in arlington for the stanford game 
Like that mm. trip down to Texas was that's an, the last appro- time that's an appropriate that's an appropriate shot setting. Yeah, a road that, that, road game, one hundred percent. Yeah, I'll it, take it's, a shot for a road game. It's it, it's it's been a while, but uh, you know nothing too crazy going on. But there's enough, and and you know it's it's classic you and me. Uh, a classic Bosco's boys, a vintage Bosco's boys episode. Before we get into anything K State related, how's uh, another year of fatherhood tra- treated you? Oh, it's tough. <laughs> it's tough. He's starting to get. I mean, he's what? He's two in about a month. Two in about two months, meaning he is two, and plus two months. Two plus two months, and uh, he's really starting to hit that two two year old stride. So. There's a lot of fighting. There's a lot of, uh, and he's also going through like a sleep regression right now, which kids just do Ooh. randomly, which is just bullshit because you spend like the first year of your of their life, you know, never getting much sleep, and then randomly they'll just like have a week where they don't sleep. It's terrible, but uh, it's also great. And you know, I texted you this privately, but I'll put it out there. I'm starting to come alive in the summer, and I think it's solely because I have a kid. So like. I'm I'm just constantly outside now and I'm starting to enjoy the summer. It may not be my least favorite, um, but I'm still, you know, I'm still a winter boy. Um, other than that though, yeah. Father's day coming up. I'm excited. It's good. It's tough, but it's good. Yep. Shout out to uh, Malcolm and to Kevin. Happy early father's day to all of them. And then if you guys are listening, uh, get your dad a card. You know, they might not appreciate as much as your moms do for mother's day, but get your dad a card. Make sure you give them a call. If you're not going to see them on father's day, that is coming up uh, in six days. If you guys are listening to this on release day, before we get into the content, we're sponsored by Manhattan brewing company. All great summer nights start with a ice cold, delicious beer from Manhattan Brewing Company, whether it's a four pack at your home or right there in the tap room at the best city in America. I think it was just named, I think, one of the five best small cities or mid-sized towns to visit in America or something like that. Manhattan is always making those lists. So every time you get to Manhattan, go to the tap room of Manhattan Brewing Company. They always have a ton of great beers on tap and a signature uh, cocktail list as well. Go in there and see if they'll make you a Paloma. I'm sure they will. Manhattan Brewing Company, they're fucking awesome. My tagline, not theirs. But hey, they are awesome. All right, let's get into it. And um I want to start with, and this uh, this created a fun little texting back and forth you and I had uh, yesterday. Um, and I think this is thanks to, you know, it's, it's, it is, I guess not officially summer, right? Summer like starts next week, like officially, I guess. 21st. Is that summer when it is? June 21st? I believe is the 21st. Okay. Well, but let's be honest. It's summer. Yes, it, it is summer. Uh, so list season has begun. So basically, uh, you can't get on Twitter without seeing some sort of hot take list. Everyone's doing it. It doesn't matter the publication. It doesn't matter the Twitter account. There's all sorts of these lists. And I think the one that is always going to get the most play from now until the season starts, which is still, uh, what, like 85, 83 days away, something like that, is the quarterback list. Because our friends to, I guess, the east of Manhattan, I guess it's west from where Hey, my I friend. Live. I guess you're in Topeka. Uh, but, you know, it, it is uh, Mr. Jalen Daniels versus Will Howard. I see a lot of lists that have Daniels in front of Will Howard. 
I've seen lists that have Will Howard in front of Daniels. Just uh, what yesterday on three had uh, real Heisman contenders of the Big 12. They had Howard on there, not Daniels. A lot of discourse back and forth. And you're a big Daniels guy. I remember very early in last football season, you, amongst other K-State fans, were really spazzing out, uh, (laughs) almost scared of the Jayhawks because of how well Daniels was playing. I think Um, that's fair. But 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 we saw what Will Howard could do, and uh, I I think he is, uh, you know, going to have another very good season for K State. I know some K State fans say, "Oh, will he be the you know preseason All Big Twelve quarterback?" I think there's no chance. I I think that if you poll most of the folks who cover college football, uh, most of the folks who cover Big Twelve football, I think they're there. It's going to be Quinn Ewers. I think it's going to be Dan or uh, Gabriel down at Oklahoma and it might be Daniels three uh, all before it gets to Will Howard. Um, So my question for you before you kind of uh, put some commentary on the discourse is how would you handicap the race between the two sunflower quarterbacks? Man, I don't know. They're so different. And I mean, it is kind of hard to look at last season because both of them, you know, basically played half of a season. Um, and they're just so they're so dissimilar. So I, I don't really know how you have this conversation. Um, I'll just start with Daniels, and I'll say it is fair. I was spazzing, um, but I spazz when KU is zero and twelve, and we have to play them because just the thought of even giving them an inch makes me want to vomit. I can't even watch KU win. I actually a might like football. have like a like seventeen hundred and fifty dollar bet on the money line versus a random KU Twitter account. Ugh. So if he actually is willing to pony up, I have uh, close to two grand on that game already. That makes me nervous. But um, listen, Jalen Daniels, he's a fine quarterback. He's shown like that. He's, you know, he's got some electricity to his game. Um, he's got game breaking ability, but he's also extremely inconsistent. Um, and he's made of glass. So for me to accurately, for anybody to accurately, I think, assess Jalen Daniels, and I think neither of us really know how to I – mean, I'll speak for myself. I don't know how to accurately assess a quarterback, you know, in a proper way. But me taking my layman eye test, I've seen him be very good. I've seen him be very bad, you know, like particularly last season when there was – quote unquote Heisman hype for Jalen Jalen Daniels you know the first five games he was pretty electric but once he got into Big 12 play which was very limited um, because of his injury um, he dropped some absolute stinkers he was beyond terrible against Iowa State Um, he did nothing to win that game I I think he had a touchdown but um, I, I had his stats somewhere for that game I think he had like 89 yards passing and eight yards rushing on nine attempts. Um, You know, he was really, really poor. And TCU game, he was not very good either. And that's the game, you know, he was forcing a lot. He fumbled on the one-yard line, and he ends up getting hurt that game. And, you know, we don't get to really see what he can do against Big 12 plays. So the best that we saw Jalen Daniels last year was non-conference dog shit teams. So I think there's got to be like an asterisk asterisk next to him and like on the other hand will only played appeared in seven games last season but you know he got thrown into 
kind of the the coals. He got thrown into the fire in the middle of a Big Twelve season. You know, coming off the back of like two probably very traumatic seasons for him, where everyone hated him. Everyone was like, "This guy cannot cut it." And what does he do? He comes in and he he has the best game of his career by far. Absolutely obliterates Oklahoma State. Gets carried off the field, and he takes that momentum to the Big 12 title, and we we get crowned champions. So, listen, I'm taking the guy that's been there, done that, in, uh, you know, our system, and, you know, in in the heat of the conference, I'm taking Will Howard. Like, it just is what it is. I, I, like, his, I like his intangibles better than I like Jalen Daniels so far. He just works for us, and, you know, he's a winner. He's proven that he's a winner. He won, a, he won a championship against the number three team in the country, uh, you know, a playoff team, and he he beat them head-to-head, and he played well. So I, I think there is, like, a conversation to be had, sure, but I still think that Will Howard is not getting the respect he deserves. That's my thoughts. I, I actually – so I, I'm going to say actually like it's a surprise. I agree with you, and, and I think it, it's wild. I don't know if there has ever been a time in, uh, you know, at least my consciousness around college sports where you have a returning conference champion quarterback who played well. It, it's not like it, – it's not like, you know – uh, like Joe Flacco, he won a Super Bowl with the Ravens on the back of a, an elite defense or anything like that. It's it's not like, you know, right. and no shade. I'm not trying to throw shade at K-State's defense because it was fine. But, but it was the offense and it was Will Howard who really just, you know, made the plays and helped distribute the ball and get everything going uh, when we needed it most in the games he played in. And, and when you look at the quality of opponents Will Howard played versus the quality opponents Daniels played. That's why I think you have to take any sort of raw stats with a grain of salt. Uh, and it is interesting that I, I wonder what the threshold needed to be for Will Howard to be considered on the ballot for the Big 12 awards because Jalen Daniels got that second team all Big 12 uh, nod. I think that was by default, uh, for better or worse. Quarterbacks were absolute dog shit for the most part outside of Max Duggan, uh, you know, in the nine game Big 12 schedule last year. Um, but I, I think that's maybe why the hype is going to Daniels, because it's it's not just national folks. It, I, I was listening on the radio to Seren Petro, and he was really kind of hyping it up because there's a poll question, you know, who's going to have the better year, Daniels or Will Howard? And I think it was Will Howard by, you know, a smidge because K-State fans, if they find a poll, they like to, you know, go nuts <laughs> on it, uh, which, you know, go to the Bosco's Boys uh, Twitter account. We're in a bracket battle uh, for best logo of college sports podcast. Um, and, and he was surprised. And he's like, no, I think, you know, so even like in Kansas City, I feel like Will Howard is getting disrespected. Uh, you know, when they talk about what could K-State ceiling be, some of these podcasts, and what we'll actually <laughs> kind of talk about how some folks are really buying into maybe K-State getting back to Arlington. But some of them are like, oh, I'm still not sure about Will Howard. I, what's there to be unsure about? And and I was one of the few people who was in the Adrian Martinez uh, bandwagon 
uh, you know, I was probably one of the last ones, but I, I just have a hard time looking at the games and the performances Will Howard put in last year. And I, I don't understand how anyone could have questions about him going into this next season. I could not agree. I mean, Kansas City disrespecting K-State, what a shock that is. But oh, and, I think I used to I used to kind of fight back about this narrative of like, oh, the Kansas City sports talk media you know, they're not out to get Kate, all this type of shit. Like I used to fight back against that until the most recent round of conference realignment. That's when I was like, okay, it's obvious. They don't give a shit about K-State. They and do like, not care. You know, outside of the token appearances, like Stan Weber has on 810, they never have anyone who, who's like from K-State or like John Kurtz will occasionally go on 610. It, they, Kansas City media, just they could not they want k-state to fail and i think it is absolutely fucking wild it is wild yeah to get back to will howard i think there is something to be said also about how our offense functioned with will versus adrian and i think you know you and i both rate adrian martinez and there's probably well there's definitely an advantage on will's side for being in the system longer but with will in k-state was the best offense in the big 12 I mean, and there's something to be said about that, definitely. And sure, I think the system, I think that Klein is running was great, but, you know, Will made it better. Every time he was in, you know, we were on the lead offense at times. And the thing about KU is, and Jalen Daniels, is I, I think you know, KU was bad for so long that kind of when they were popping onto the scene, um, those first five games, you know, there was kind of like a shock factor to it. And like, you know, if you go back and you watch some of the highlights, definitely Daniels was performing well and he was popping and, you know, he's, he fits the mold of a quarterback that I love. So it is kind of close to my heart, a, a black scrambling quarterback. You know, we grew up in our formative years with just that type of player and it was electric and we were good. So it, I get it. It's fun, but for some weird reason, like, everyone just ignores the negatives to his game and they ignore all of his bad games. Like he had f full games in the big 12 where he was piss poor. That Iowa state game was one of the worst games I've seen a quarterback play in a long time. You know, he came, he was pretty good, I guess against Arkansas, but that was late. I think Arkansas took their foot off the gas and, you know, they kind of slept walked through that, third and fourth quarter and it took some unbelievable luck for KU to get back into that game in general. So I think it's funny talking about that game specifically, Jalen Daniels is supposedly some elite fucking quarterback and is, I mean, fair to say probably KU's best player, one of their best players, at least most important player. And the funniest shit is yeah, they took the ball and, out of his hands. Dev Neal are probably the two. Devin Neal rules, and I do like I, him. I love um, Devin Neal. Take, they took the ball out of Jalen's hands, Jalen Daniels' hands in the last play of the game and gave it to the Bean, Mr. Bean, and he threw it into the fucking Rosie for the wide-open guy. That that ah! play, that, uh, I don't know if I've ever talked about it on the show because I, I, I try not to you know spend a lot of time talking about other teams, but that play, when, I, when it happened live, I just was like, how do you do it? Like, and I even like, I tweeted out, I was like, you got to fire David baby. Like that's the play you run, you know, in the bowl game to keep it going. And like, there were like KU fans who were like, 
were like legitimately like, yes, this is. I was at. I, uh... I don't get it. I, how <laughs> how is that the play you call? Uh, well, the thing is, like, it works. He was wide. Their tight end was absolutely wide, and Mister Bean threw it out of bounds. He just threw it away. He panicked. He spazzed. But um, yeah, I was at Bullfrogs in Topeka, and um, I mean, it was just jam packed with KU fans, and uh, I was there with a couple of not really KU fans, KU grads. And like, it was kind of crazy as to watch that game unfold at a bar. And like, I had to just kind of keep it under, I had to keep it under control. Cause I obviously wanted KU to lose, but the energy of the bar, everyone was just losing their mind. It felt like I was watching a playoff game and to watch it end that way was, was absolutely beautiful. People, People were melting down. <laughs> there were so many hands on heads, just like complete Surrender silence, camera. complete silence after what was just such an electric comeback. I loved it. And that's that's KU in a nutshell. Yeah. It, KU football in a nutshell. Failure. Pure failure. And that, and that kind of, and <laughs> yeah. And that kind of brings me to like the, the discourse that is happening. Uh especially K-State versus KU fans uh, on Twitter. Um, and, and I don't think that there's any way to, you ah, know, to, to minimize it. I, I think, hey, the fact that Lance Leipold had that season last year, um, it, it's created uh, this off-season rivalry where they seem to be kind of chirping a little bit more in the off-season, kind of taking that uh, Iowa State role where Iowa State fans are kind of like in shambles. They're like, oh, my God are we about to enter the dark ages again? So you're not hearing much at all from Iowa state fans. So KU fans are actually starting to, uh, you know, step up and take this, you know, kind of shit talking, uh, you know, space for the off season. And, and I think it is more fun. And I, I think that the uh, Sunflower showdown, uh, you know, in, in Lawrence could have uh, some, some more juice to it again, you know, th- this game is starting to get a little bit more juice because of it. Um, but let, let's just be honest. Mm. Where where is this false sense of vibrato coming? Is it truly? Oh, you you kind nailed of you it. And I talked about it. Hey, they've been dog shit for so long. Even like you know a a six and seven season is enough for them to just you know decide. All right, you know what? We are the <laughs> big dog. We we are the we are the team. Despite us winning a Big Twelve title, despite having a, another ten win season. Um, that's been the most wild thing from this, you know, April to like present June, you know, all of a sudden they start wanting to, you know, talk a lot of football after their embarrassing loss to Arkansas in the NCAA tournament. Well, I think you, that is the perfect word, the bravado, the bravado of the fans of a team that lost seven of eight games to finish that season blows my fucking mind. But We've talked about this this before. This is KU. This is the DNA of their fans. KU people have a superiority complex to them that piggy, piggybacks off of their basketball success. I mean, and they it poisoned their brains to think that not only are their teams better, but they think they're better people. They think they're better individuals than us. They think we're scum, and it's it's sad to see. But I, I've never seen such such fucking delusion and arrogance from a fan base uh, of a team that, you know, went six and seven. And I will give them some flowers. Like Lance Leipold is a good coach and they've been 
competitive in most games. And I mean, he's, he's done a very good job to turn them around, but it's not like we are bad, you know, we just won the big 12 and we are going to be good and we're going to be consistently good because we have also an elite coach. So I, I don't think they have, have they closed the gap, you know, on the rest of the teams in the big 12? Yes, technically, but the gap that <laughs> the gap was, they lost 99 games in the big 12 in 10 years or whatever, something along those lines. So, Obviously they're better nine total games in 10 years. Yeah. Obviously they are better, but you know, it's other teams get better too. Like Texas tech are, are, have a good, have a very good coach now, in my opinion, and they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Texas is going to be good. K state are, is going to be good. Like we have a, I mean, when you break down our roster, we're pretty strong in basically every area. And I think we've done a very good job in the portal to kind of plug some of those gaps couple question marks but it's not like we're gonna fall off a cliff we're we are returning will howard as we mentioned before and he's a he's a big 12 champion and he's shown what he can do in this system and how good he can be and it's just the arrogance is it's off the charts and that's but that's just who they are that's who they are as people and it's all just stems from fucking basketball and the fact that they think that they're just better people because their basketball program is really good. And it's like, it's funny because our basketball program is about to be really good too. So yeah, I, they just um, are who they are. Yeah. And, and I truly do think to, to get it back to K state, I, I think it probably is the most exciting time to ever be a K state fan with both sports. I mean, because, we they, the amount that they're talking and we just went six and one against them. Yeah. In, in every like sports. major men's sport. Sorry to cut you off. No, you're you're fine. I and you know we we I think we split with them in uh, soccer. We split with them in women's uh, basketball, and then we split with them in volleyball as well. So even it's like okay, uh, this was one of the most dominant. So we're uh, battering them. <laughs> yeah, I mean it, it, if you look at things across the sport, but even just K State in general, because this this question's been brought up when when you go back and look because we had what what was it a four year run. Uh, or no, I guess it would have been four out of five years. No, it, it was four straight years. Uh, or was it five? What, whatever it was, you know, in the uh, when we were in college, going to bowl games and uh, going to the NCAA tournament, we had that big run. But despite that consistency, I feel like if you combine those two, there's never been a time where the vibes were as high or the excitement was as high. I understand there's some frustration about the uh, how things are going in the portal for basketball, but you still picked up one of the, depending on what rankings you see, anywhere between the second to the 25th best player to enter the portal with Tyler Perry, bringing back Naquan Tomlin, uh, bringing back you know all these guys, a, a top 25 recruiting class, one of the sexiest brands in college basketball right now. And then coming off that Big 12 championship, I don't think for me personally, there's ever been a time I'm coming into a sports year where I am as excited for both sports. Can you, is there a year that even rivals this? No, probably not. Uh, maybe, I mean, no, the combination right now is pretty strong. I because mean, like we have coming into the year where you won the Big 12 in both, 
no one was really excited because, you know, people were down on Bruce Weber. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think folks were excited for that football season. Um, I think what was it the year that uh, coming off of the one good Jesse Ertz season uh, where you have, so what going into 2016 or 2017, uh, no 2017, cause you're going to Vandy and all that stuff. Don't say Vi- Vandy. Sorry. Vibes were high that year for football, but I mean, they weren't super high for basketball. I, I truly think uh, that this is like the most excited combination I've ever been. We talked about this last time I was on the power of our elite media team has something to do with this, but on paper, though, without the media at all, this is an elite combination of coaches. Um, Shout out to Alec. He, uh, one of the football guys yeah, in football media, it looks like he's sad. moving on. That makes, makes me, me sad. sad. But... Yeah, he was he was great. Um, they'll find someone. It's been elite for a long time. Emily, him, they'll find someone else. But yeah, I, I just. Well, you can I, just look at it like as far as just ticket sales go. Um, oh, this is as excited as the fan base has been in a long time, and there's reason for that. Um, I think football speaks for itself. We're Big 12 champions, and we're returning a team that's going to be as good, I think, as last year, maybe better in certain areas. Uh, we will challenge again for the Big 12 championship. Like We are going to push for Arlington this year. Make no mistake about that. And then basketball, obviously, coming off an absolutely electric year, one of the most entertaining basketball teams we've seen in a long time. Yeah, we've had some portal misses, but there's still portal guys, like big-time portal talents that are leaking in daily, and like that's going to continue. We're going to still have our shot at some guys, and I think we have a big visit today or this weekend. It's uh, the Creighton guy. Uh, maybe that's wrong, but we no, do it, have no, a visit correct, today. But, but like, I think he has Alabama and Kentucky scheduled. So, I mean, like, like, I'm not going to spend much time on it unless he commits. So basketball is probably going to work itself out. It worked itself out last year. And like, even if it doesn't, um, we're only in year two of, you know, a program. Think of what we had to do last year. Like the rebuild that happened last year, like we're only in year two of that. And like the turnover in college basketball is going to be pretty immense every year. So I don't know. Maybe even if we like have to, you know, get a get a little bit, add a little bit more to our reputation. If Tang has to, you know, cement it even further after a couple of years, I still feel like we're in very safe hands, and we have a great staff. And we are, right now, even the foundation like of the team, I think is pretty solid. So I'm not worried. This is definitely the best. This is the definitely the most excited the most charmed my teams across the board I've ever been. And I cannot wait for, for 2023, 2024 to kick off. Cause like, oh, it's, ah, it's going to be amazing. It'll be great. And, and let's talk about some of the amazingness because we're, we're getting to the point where we're getting kind of like preview season and all that type of stuff. And, you know, K-State was the dark horse darling last year for football and, uh, you know, th- even if the win totals in Vegas didn't, you know, match it up. Well, this year we are the implied third favorite for the Big 12 with eight and a half wins behind only Oklahoma and Texas at nine and a half wins. You have places like Athlon, uh, you know, and, and I tweeted out the clip from it talking about how 
uh, in the anonymous coaches survey, folks are saying K-State's the second most talented team in the Big 12, and they're the most disciplined team. And them coming out and saying that, hey, they feel comfortable predicting Texas versus K-State in the Big 12 championship game. You see K-State popping up even on these national shows that seemingly hate giving us any respect at all, saying, hey, yeah, they're going to be in the mix for Arlington again. Hey, they're going to be in the mix for another 10-win season. Hey, they're going to be in you know somewhere between 18 and 20 in the preseason top 25. Just a lot more respect and, and almost, a, a, dare you say, even a little bit of hype around K-State this year and not from a dark horse. Why do you think that is? Well, I, this is what it is. I think that Chris Kleiman has so much respect in the national media. So the CBS uh, coaches poll that where they rank all the coaches in Power 5 football, I had Shahan on to talk about it a couple weeks ago. Great show. If anyone's listening and they haven't listened to that, go back and listen to it. It's a really good show. Um, Chris Kleiman's thought of as a consensus top 15 coach in America. Um, mm-hmm. We're coming off of a big 12 championship, a top uh, what we ended up top 15 when it's all said and done. Um, And and I, I think that there is almost kind of that respect where uh, you know, how, you know, towards the end of the bill Snyder era, everyone's like, you know, K state's going to be solid because it's bill Snyder. Don't worry about the roster. It's bill Snyder. Well, Chris Kleiman has now proved that in non COVID seasons, that shouldn't count. Uh, His basement, his floor is eight wins. We're putting multiple guys in the NFL every year now. Um, And I think that even if, you know, there isn't like a lot of respect for Will Howard and you don't have Deuce Vaughn, I think folks look at what we were able to do last year and the respect for Colin Klein at offensive coordinator, respect for Klanderman as a DC. I think it's like, okay, this is the best coaching staff in the Big 12. And they're developing and getting talent uh, better than K-State has since the Ron, well, getting better talent since the Ron Prince era and developing talent better than, uh, you know, we have since the 90s. Uh, So I think it's just a combination of all that. And and I truly do think that Chris Kleiman is going to kind of have that sustained love affair that Matt Campbell seemed to get Mm -hmm. without the results. Yeah, I mean... Chris Kleiman's been respected, you know, in the football world for a long time because he would because of what he did at North Dakota State and his history there. But he cemented his reputation, I think, last season by winning a title at the Power Five level. Um, but I still think like Kleiman's awareness of the importance of building your brand and strengthening your brand, combining that with you know opening a lot of things up, you know, to the media team and and he understands, you know, modern recruiting. Like, if we had the exact same team, the exact same, you know, successes last year, if we, if Bill was still at the helm, let's say Bill was still here and we, you know, won the Big 12 with the exact same team last year, I still think it would, like, we would be coming into this season, like, preseason around, hovering around 30, you know, no one would really talk. They would just say, oh, it's Bill Snyder magic. He, he pulled K State, he pulled a talent, um, a load, tier talented team you know kind of out of the depths and he's just he's got that wizardry to him but and 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 that lack of respect would would continue i think like that's sorry i I, I don't i i want i'm sorry for cutting you off but i I want to touch on something you said because i don't think i've 
come to that realization until this very moment, the way you put it back, you know, in Bill Snyder 2.0, it was never, Oh, look at this team. Look at this program and what they are. Hey, this is a legitimately good team and program. It was always Bill Snyder yeah. magic. He has he some sort of wizard. voodoo. He's a wizard. <laughs> but with Chris Kleiman is look at the program he has built. Look at what he's been able to do. And I think it goes back to Chris Kleiman, one of the, his favorite things. It's football is football and it's not my program. It is their program and kind of instilling that uh, yes. in the players and in the fan base. Uh, I, I'll let you kind of get back to it, but I didn't want to lose that thought because I think that is the biggest difference between Bill Snyder 2.0 when things were good and Chris Kleiman when things are good. Yeah, I'll give it to I'll give it to the media that 2011 was voodoo. <laughs> that entire season was mental. No, it, it wasn't we voodoo. Sucked. It was us sneaking in uh, whiskey shooters and dumping them into. Uh... That was fun. That was fun. 2012. That was a great team, and we fucking battered everyone. 2011 was like okay. There was some wizardry there. We we were not a very good. We snuck. Like every team was. Every game was crazy. Every game was, uh, within seven points or something crazy like that. But, um, you know, I I I don't know. It's just, I think that we. We we don't realize how hostage we were. How how like uh, what's the word? What's when a hostage is in love with his Stockholm captor? syndrome? Stockholm syndrome. We had Stockholm syndrome for so long, thinking like a lot a lot of people, and we didn't think this. You and I personally, I can I can speak for both of us when we say no. We knew that there could be a successful coach at K State, and we knew things could be done differently. But a lot of people and a bulk of the media did not believe that um, they thought like Bill truly was the only way. And like that Stockholm syndrome type of thinking um, and that like one direction type of thinking, I think it's just finally starting to wear off. Like we're finally being seen as like a modern football program that can win at a high level. And there's not these, there's, there's occasionally some lazy fuckers that come in with the, you know, K-State's, hard place to recruit it's a hard place to win and it's like you know it's it's really not obviously there are disadvantages um but a lot of teams have the exact same disadvantages as we do and if you just act like a modern program and if you have a a great coach and you attack recruiting like you should then you can win at a high level and we prove that obviously it takes a it takes a a different level of like talent id you know i think we have great talent id and you find guys like felix and you find guys like dupes deuce and you develop them that that's important for you know most programs though you know there's there's a 5 to 10 programs in the country that absolutely monopolize the top tier talent we're never going to be able to do that that doesn't mean that we can't win at a high level and we proved that last year in just basically year 3 because i don't count the covid year yeah and and to that talent id thing if i had a dollar for every time it's like oh k state you know, gets in early on like one of these guys and then they blow up like in the camp circuit, but, but yeah. like, between their junior and senior year. And then, I mean, hell, uh, who was it? The, the Ohio state court, Justin Fields. I mean, hell we, we offered him before anyone and he came on, on a visit to K state and all this type of stuff. And then he blows up before his senior year. And then he goes to Ohio state and becomes what, like a top five draft pick to the bear. Like this staff has an eye for talent and I absolutely love it. Um, yeah. I kind of contradicted myself, like hammering the talent ID thing. But like, my point is like, 
majority of schools are like K-State, like outside of the the handful of like, you know, the Bamas, the Georgias, the Clemsons, the Ohio States that truly have their have had periods within the last decade where they can absolutely get every single blue chip player in the country. And they're just on a different planet. Like we're basically as good as everybody else, like outside of a handful of, you know, five to 10 teams, we can reach that level. I don't know if we can, we've talked about this. I don't know if we can ever reach that, you know, CFP final four type of team. Cause it's just so fucking hard now, but I have like, we could get there. We could get there. I don't think we could win a title. I don't. I, I don't know. Depends on the matchup. We could get to a title, kind of like TCU did last year. I think we could have beat Michigan. I never was afraid of Michigan oh, last year. I think we would have kicked Michigan's ass. Like I never feared Michigan last year. No part of me ever feared Michigan. I didn't fear USC either. No, hell no. I never will fear USC for I mean, some we, reason. We would pants Lincoln Riley. I don't fear Lincoln Riley. That's for no. Me, I do not. But, I do not fear Lincoln Riley one bit. But you know, it just feels good, and I think we're I think we're just gonna do it again this year. All right, so we'll, I'll get you on for a Blitz Month episode where we get you to go on the record and all that type of stuff. But I'll ask you this now on June tenth at two forty three: What is the baseline you want to see K State football hit this upcoming season for you to sit back in January and say that oh. was a successful season? Is it Arlington or bust? Is it nine or three making sure that you beat KU and Iowa state is it 10 wins no matter how you get there what what is the minimum saying hey if we do this I will call it a successful season regardless of anything else (laughs) that's a great question I (laughs) I'm great at asking questions it feels unfair last six years it's I'm good you are good you are good at asking questions like this this feels unfair Maybe it is, but my first instinct is Arlington or bust. It genuinely is. I think we return enough talent, and I think that we've supplemented the team enough in the portal that we can be as good of a team this coming season as we were last year. Like We can match that. We can win 10 games. We can win nine going into that title. I mean, it's always there's always going to be a couple games that you know we're going to have our backs heavily against the wall. We're going to be outgunned you know a few times in the year and we're gonna have to we're gonna have to win that game with out coaching out toughing him the k-state style that still does exist but when i look across the board when i look at the other teams i think that we can do that i think arlington is still there and i i think that we have the best coach in in the conference so why not why not Arlington or bust? Is that unfair? I don't know, but that's what I went in last year. It was, Hey, it, this it is feels... the time we have to get to Arlington. I don't think it's unfair to say that's the, that's what you want for a successful season. I'm not, not quite yeah. there. Um, it, I, I'll tell you this right now. If, if we were to go nine and three, you beat Missouri uh, and you beat KU and you beat Iowa state. So you beat the three, like kind of quote unquote rivals on your schedule. And if you go nine and three, and you go to a bowl game uh, and have a shot at winning that, like I would say, all right, you know, that, that, that was a successful season. Was it what I wanted? No. Is it even what I predict? No, I, I would, I would make the prediction right now. We go 10 and two in the regular season and we make it to Arlington. Um, But, but if we went nine and three, we beat those three teams. I want to beat most on the schedule. Um, 
and, and we miss out on Arlington, I, I would still probably say that's enough for a successful season for me. I think that that's fair. There's something about when you're returning a successful quarterback that makes me think like that has this hat. We got to match it. We got to push. We can, we got to go bigger, you know, like, and obviously we lost guys. Like we lost all Americans. Um, and we lost the two best players on each side of the ball to be fair, but you know, it's a team game. And I think that like, we could be, like I believe in I believe in Duke, you know I believe in Khalid Duke. Coming, I think that there the is edge. a chance Khalid be Duke. I mean, because do you remember going into that? Uh, what would it have been the twenty the OU game and he was just season? Like, oh my God, he's unstoppable. Yeah, no, he. I mean, like, because he was supposed like he was supposed to be the guy who was going to be like, okay, you know, he he might yeah. be a you know a late second round draft pick just because of his size and he kind of needs a scheme fit, but like. He, he hurt in Nevada guy. against Nevada. Yeah, yeah, he yeah. He got hurt versus Nevada, and I think he had a couple sacks versus Stanford. Um, and uh, so I, I think he could have a massive season. And uh, you know, and I think obviously Deuce Vaughn, unbelievable player. Um, but you, we're gonna have two very good running backs. Oh, I think. yeah. I mean, DJ Giddens. I mean, he had over 600 yards from scrimmage last year. And then Six you're bring- touchdowns, and you're yeah. bringing in a very talented guy from from Florida State. Yeah, who is Trayshawn, Ward. Oh, Trayshawn yeah. Ward. Oh, yeah, Ward. Yeah, so I mean, one of the most electric running backs in the ACC. I just think that, I just think that Chris Kleiman, he knows. I think that he knows. He knows what it takes, and he knows how to run a program. And we're going to legitimately. Are we in the stage of like we reload now in a way, like on a certain level? It's like we reload. I, I think I think you can because because again, you look at you, look at our roster look at like you know if you want to break down each individual you know room it's like we kind of did reload but the craziest part like I'm kind of scared here, here's, about safety here's why we're winning ten games here's yeah yeah there are some like concerning spots but here's why we're gonna be very good and win ten games we're returning a successful quarterback and we're returning every single player. On the offensive line, the like, top eight. We are going line. to be fucking insane in that regard. Um, I think there's going to be like some adjustments on defense, but somebody always steps up. Somebody always steps up. Um, and the best part about Kleiman is the man has been working to build depth from day one. Depth experience. It's going to be fine. We're winning ten games again. I'll tell you that much. I love it. I love it. All right. Um. I'll ask this one. I, I didn't talk about this, um, but this is near and dear to my heart. And it's kind of on brand for some of the conversations we've had. Uh, Cooper Beebe straight up said in an interview that part of the reason why he came back, you know, he's talked about, you know, wanting to help get his brother on the right track and all that type of stuff, but turning down at worst, a second round draft pick while the draft is in his home city of Kansas city. Part of the reason why he wanted to come back is he wanted to cement his legacy and go up on the ring of honor. The ring of honor currently has no offensive linemen up there. So my first question, is there any offensive linemen from the past that you think should be up there? And this follow-up to that is will Cooper BB get up on the ring of honor? I think he probably will. Um, uh, I mean, my first instinct is that the first offensive lineman that needs to go up is probably lecky. Uh, I would put Lecky up there first. There's some good candidates, man. 
I Reiser. think Lecky's the only two-time All-American of an I offensive mean, line. I mean, then, then and the, there you go. Tim or Lilja, one of those two. Um, Lilja was a, had an incredible NFL career, and he was he was amazing. Um, Reisner, I, comes Reisner. To mind. I, well, actually, I think Reisner may have been on three different All-American lists because I think he was a freshman All-American and. I don't know. I should have pulled up the media guy, but he was also a Big 12 offensive lineman of the year. Dalton Reisner was. Finalist for the Jason Witten Collegiate Man of the Year. I mean, Reisner certainly deserves it, but if we're putting an offensive lineman up, Lecky's got to go. I mean, the, I think it's been the 20 only, years. You can't put anyone else up before him if you're going to put up. I think a the only right? knock against him is he wasn't a consensus All American, but, you know, I, and, and maybe, and, and I know not everyone up there is, um, because I mean, hell, we, we put two guys up there specifically for their contributions in the NFL, and they were not good K State players with Larry Brown and uh, Grogan, because Grogan wasn't any good at K State. Lecky was, all, was a, Lecky was a big time player for us. I would definitely be totally fine with him going on onto the ring of honor. But I mean, Coop, Cooper BB, he's got, he's got the honors to go up. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and it, especially if he were to win big 12 offensive lineman of the year again. And again, I, I think that I think it, when you return that, and as long as he plays well, like, you know, I, I think there's a chance the the coaches who vote on that are just like, yeah, you know, Back to back, he came back. He was still really good. I think that should be enough to get him up there. So I mean, Sean Snyder's up there, so any dickhead can get on the Ring of Honor. Apparently, well, I'm not gonna. I... He's a punter. Stop. Get him off the Ring of Honor. He's he a was a punter. he was a consensus consensus uh, All American, but okay, but I, I would have you know no why, problem. You know why he's on the Ring of Honor? <laughs> oh, I know. I know exactly so. why he's on the Ring of Honor. Um, um but if someone, if if some drunk. Uh, <laughs> student decided to break into the stadium and crowbar uh sean snyder nine off of the ring of honor like i'm not going to like bail him out of jail that but i might be. send him a 30 pack <laughs> i don't hate how sean great would that be up there but it is silly i'm all for like you know me i'm all for expanding you know expand the ring David of honor Allen, i mean we got a lot of great guys up there we got a yeah. lot of great guys in our history that that I'm I'm all for honoring and putting their name up like, on the stadium. And Kevin I Lockett's love... not up there. That sucks. That does suck. That's crazy. I mean, Chris Canty. I put every locket up there. Just you know, fuck. Every locket deserves to be up there in my mind. Fuck it. Put Sterling up there. He he hasn't even caught a pass yet. Put him up there. One. I've got a crazy feeling that Sterling is going to be a player for us. Not maybe not this year, but he's gonna he's gonna. He's going to pull out that locket DNA, dude. He's going to be like a possession guy. He'll be Darnell McDonald by his senior year. I don't think that. Um, Here's a question, and and we're going to exclude whatever Phillip Brooks does this year. Um, Absolutely shocked, by the way, Phillip Brooks Brooks. and Daniel Green are coming back. Um, But but I'll I'll ask you this, uh, and you can look up Phillip Brooks' stats to this point if you want, but would you take right now – Sterling Lockett to have Philip Brooks's offensive uh, stat line, not his returns. Cause I don't think Sterling is going to be a return guy, but would you, would you, cause Philip Brooks has, I think like 1200 to, like receiving yards, like scrimmage yards, or so rushing 1600, yards, 1600, 1627 scrimmage yards last year. He had 616 scrimmage yards with like 587 receiving I love Philip Brooks. He's like, he, I mean, you know, he's 
a limited receiver, but he's he's played a hell of a part for our team. Uh, he's been solid. He had four solid seasons. I would take consistent. that because I'm going to tell you this right now. I don't think Sterling has a role this year. He so, will be Darnell McDonald by senior year. That's I mean, my that's my claim. That's fine, but, but I, I mean, would you? Would you? Uh, take, yeah, I mean, it, it, I mean, sure. Sign yeah, me probably. up. I would. I would bet the under. Yeah, I would take that. Obviously, that doesn't. I mean, would I take him for five years operating at a consistent like three guy? Yeah. Well, sure. I, well, sure. I'm excluding this year because uh, Sterling won't get a COVID year. I'm just that's true. Okay, four years. Sure, I would take that. Yeah, not gonna happen. But okay, you need um, that locker room guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh well, this is going long it always goes a little always, bit longer yeah, than I it thought. Always it does. Um I, I'll ask this. This isn't one that we we're gonna talk about. Uh how does it feel knowing that Jerome Tang has such a sexy basketball program that they're getting picked to go head to head with Bronny James and a great incoming recruiting class for Andy Enfield's USC Trojans in Las Vegas on the opening night of college basketball? That's gonna be cool. That's gonna be a lot of fun. Kim I mean, Kardashian's probably gonna. There's be gonna be. Courtside. I mean, it's Dream in Vegas. Dowling's gonna have him on. Have her on the uh, Instagram. That is going to be. I mean, that will probably have more hype than any of our other um, non-con games. I would imagine in Vegas, Bronny's first collegiate career. Obviously, LeBron's going to be there. There's gonna be like a ton of coverage for that. And I actually know, don't think there's going to be a ton of coverage because uh, it's going head to head with Monday Night Football uh, and NFL's King. And I think it's going to be like on Fox NFL's Sports trash. One or something like that. But uh, I think it is going to be wild. Like, I think I'm going to try to go to the game. That would um, be awesome. I've never been to Vegas. So, me either. I have no like, I don't really desire, desire to go to Vegas. But if K State wasn't playing like that, I, like, I'm, I don't think I'm a big Vegas guy. Um, but yeah. I, I, it'd be cool to go there and all that type of stuff. But but I think it's wild. I, I really do think that the uh, perception I, – I, I don't think any coach uh, – I've said this before. I, I think a lot of coaches could have got, got K-State's fan base to 95% of where it got with Jerome Tang just because of how divided things were uh, during and after the Bruce Weber era. But I don't think any coach could have gotten K-State at the level – of being head to head for the biggest opening night game in college basketball. Like the champions classic is like the next week or something like that. That is the big headliner. College basketball, bunch of history merchants. I'm really, I think that there's not going to be a a much bigger hyped game opening night, you know, Bronny, Jerome Tang, (laughs) That's that's bigger than history merchant Mickey Mouse Champions Classic, if you ask me. Hey, I'm right there with you. Um, let's get into a little bit of Big Twelve talk before uh, we, we kind of wrap things up. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down on Colorado coming to the Big Twelve. Do you want them? No, fuck them. I don't want them to rot. Truly, it, I do not want Colorado. Fuck Colorado. I, um, I'd rather have Utah and Arizona if we're gonna really go west. I, I don't think Colorado. Utah wants to come. I I would take. I don't Arizona. think so either. But uh, I think Arizona would be fun. Um, I'd rather not offer Colorado a lifeline, frankly. But if it's going to happen, it's going to happen. So they're better I mean, than. I'd rather have Colorado than like you said this, like U UFC UCF. I mean, yeah, like, like I'd rather have Colorado than Houston UCF. 
I'd rather have Colorado than TCU. Fuck oh, TCU. I agree. And Baylor. Um, yeah. So, like, I don't like Colorado, but we have a uh, very rich, you know, big eight history with them, and they are a great rival to us. And, and I think that they it might would be fun become, to rekindle that. Yeah. I, I think if they came in, they would kind of be, be a, uh, you know, a third tier rival. Depending on how I they mean, would do the schedule, I, I don't think we'd play them every year. The way um, I'm speaking about them, <laughs> they're already, it sounds like, a rival. I'm saying, fuck them, I don't want to offer them a lifeline. I'd rather them die, so if we have to play them every year, I will hate them. And I, I used to hate them, so whatever. I, I don't like have any of those back. feelings. I'm kind of like, whatever. I just I, I, I just don't want to go to sit like – I don't want 14. 14 is the worst number. If we're going yeah. to expand, go to 16. 14 is the worst. Um, I think eventually we will. Yeah, I don't, I, know, though. I don't want to deal with four. Like, we're doing 14 this year. That's going to suck. It's going to be stupid. Yeah. I just go to 16. So uh, so if you had to go to 16, um, would you try to just grab four in the West or would you want one in the East so you have four Eastern time zone schools? Um. What could we get in the East, though? I mean, because like, UConn is like being like, I like, don't. If you're want doing UConn. like rumors, like realignment rumors, which don't mean shit. Like, I I predicted. I think it maybe was my last episode. That like, oh, I think Colorado's coming. Like, this is my official prediction. I'm putting it out there. I actually don't think that. All it took was like six days for me to change my mind. I think they <laughs> might end up staying in the pack. But like the second most smoke uh, in this Big Twelve expansion is UConn. I don't like more, that at all. More than Arizona, more than anyone else. I don't get it. I don't want it. But I mean, my when I talked about what I would want, my like gut feeling is I wish we could just grab those four corner teams and the Pac-12 just kind of implode. Um, I think those are four solid additions. I don't really like going east anymore. Um, I don't know I, east. There's no teams that really if, appeal if to me that are that, actually gettable. I mean, yeah, I mean, because because the, the talk is UConn or UConn is disgusting to a lesser extent. Memphis, I'd prefer Memphis to UConn, but I don't really want either one of them. Um, no, I don't want Memphis. Some people try to say Tulane. I don't think that's real. Yuck. Um, no disrespect to the Green Wave, but yuck. Then South Florida, no. I mean, massive school. I mean, it's just like Central Florida, except for. They've been more shit in football recently. I mean, they're getting a new on-campus football. These are all just Mickey Mouse. This is I mean, just I agree, like but bad. I don't. I mean, I don't want. I mean, I, I just. I think if you're going to go to 16, it makes most sense to grab one of those. I mean, because other. I mean, well, I guess you don't have to if you bring in those four corner schools. If you bring four in the West, bring Colorado, I guess, over to play with us. Hey, That's what I would prefer. Iowa State, and then Oklahoma State goes and plays with TCU, Baylor, Texas, uh, Texas Tech, and then send Houston out east. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's no great options, but I, if if I had to choose, I would I would poach the best of the pe- remaining pack pack twelve that isn't obviously Oregon or Washington because that's uh, it's all just fucking stupid. <laughs> oh, it is. It is. I just figured it's out all depressing. Time. It's all depressing, man. But at least it's Agreed. us who might kill off someone instead of being killed. At off. least we seem to be surviving at this yes. time. Yes, it is. Um, 
honestly that that's about it you know i i was gonna maybe try to talk about the ncaa football game if we need fillers i mean i think it's gonna happen well, let's hit it five minutes okay, five well, minutes NCAA here, football. Th- this is what I'll, what I'll say i don't give a shit if the top players say no you can't I don't give a shit license. if it's just all generic. Yeah, you could give me generic and you could make it so you can't upload rosters. Like, I don't care about yes. that. I want to play Dynasty, and I don't even want to play Dynasty with K-State. I want to either take Army or create my own school and build them up. And I don't, I don't care if I'm playing with quarterback number 17 with a different ethnicity that looks nothing like who the starting quarterback is anywhere. I don't care about that. Yeah, couldn't agree more. I think some of these players Listen, are overplaying their hand. I mean, all of the time that I've basically played, you know, NCAA, when when did like uploading rosters even become a thing? Um, I think because, like the like PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty era. I mean, yes, because that's what the last game is on. But you know, I don't. Ref- I never fucking uploaded rosters in in the days of me playing NCAA and the the quote-unquote real players graduate anyways and like everybody plays a million seasons so it's it's all about like just the college football landscape playing being able to play that as a whole it has nothing for me to do with like playing with real players back in the day maybe i remember playing like ncaa 2002 when we had you know l and sproles and newman and that was fun but like i don't really care about that Honestly, I just want to be able to play and like I want to be able to play the most important part of this game being updated and new for me is being able to play in like the updated renovated stadium. I think yep. that's going to be fucking awesome. And like it was all fictional anyways, like I'm not a head coach. It doesn't matter. Like it's a fucking video game. I definitely do not need uh the players, so please for the love of god do not delay this. If if we have to go all generic that is completely fine with me. I mean, the players, you're not going to get much out of this. So quit being dickheads, guys. NIL is there. You're, hey, you're, you no, don't want to play could, NCAA, folks. Come on. If, if they want to, if, if they're saying, hey, no, 500 bucks is enough, that's fine. I think EA is going to do it. I think there's a lot of saber rattling, a lot of uh, cage shaking uh, yeah. this week. Oh, we're not going to ever get the game. No, I, I, I think it's going to come. EA's already put way too much into the design and everything. Uh, you it's know, fantasy. Upward. Yeah, it is. it's fantasy. So. I've won 45 national championships at K-State. It's a game. <laughs> if that's it's not real, I'm totally fine with generic players. Just give me that new Bill Snyder family stadium so I can pretend to be a kid again and, and play play college football games. And give me the white home. And we're going to have we're going to have more uniforms to play with than ever. Even in the most recent one, we had all purple. We had all white. They had, yes, they had. No, we did not. They had purple pants. They had purple pants. And they had the Ron Prince jerseys. Yeah, they did. I I didn't love that, but like they'll probably still have those. I played with the purple pants. I bet they don't. I did purple pants. I bet they don't have purple pants. Yeah, you're probably right. I did purple pants almost every home game, though. Oh, I, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. People who don't like the purple pants suck, so. And um, it looked good on the game. Like, it was darker. It well, looked yeah, completely it different than it did in real life. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh. All right. Well, that's I touched on everything I wanted to. Shout out to Manhattan Brewing Company. Again, every great summer night starts with an ice-cold beer from Manhattan Brewing Company. Get four packs at your local liquor uh, store. 
Uh, they're now all throughout the entire state, including the Kansas City Metro and Lawrence, or the next time you're in Manhattan, the happiest city in America. Make sure you go straight to the tap room, get some straight from the source, get some crowlers, four packs to go, and a signature cocktail or two. Hey, they have their patio open all summer long. Uh, it, it's a great place to grab a beer. Grant, are there any topics we didn't touch on that you wanted to, any questions, or do you just want to say I love you to the boneheads and call it a day? We can wrap it up. I will touch on Manhattan Brewing. Um, my, It is a great brewery. Maybe my favorite brewery in Kansas right now. So um, get yourself out there in person. They've got really great staff, and I think the layout is is a it's a fun, good looking brewery to be at. Um, it's it checks all the boxes of what we said a good brewery needs for environment for for vibes, um, and it's just full of good K State people. But they they've got such a good beer portfolio, and they do beer right. So. I uh, I can, couldn't agree more, and, um, you know, it felt good to get back on the show. I think uh, I'll try to do it a little bit more. If if you're if you're hurting for episodes, just reach out. I'll come back on. Um, well, sounds I'm, like, I'm going to try to get you one at least once a month if you're up to it. I can I can handle that. That's easy. Um, sounds like we missed a K-State Twitter meetup last night, and uh, I'm going to try to actually go to that next one if I can because um, it sounded pretty fun. A couple people I know there um, – that I actually like out of the K-State Twitterverse um, would love to go see. And uh, I think my ego needs that. So, so next time maybe we could go as a pair and, and we'll, we'll get nasty, maybe take a couple of shots um, against our will. So good to be back on folks. It's the summer. We're in the dead period. <laughs> so maybe I will have to come back on. We're going to do it. We should do a Q and a soon, or maybe we'll do a statements, send us in some statements and we'll talk about Ooh, instead of Q and a. That actually Don't might ask be us a question. good twist. Do statements. Send us in a statement, and and we will discuss if whether we agree with it, if we think it'll come to fruition, or or if it's total baloney. How about that? We'll, we'll take everyone's statement and say, say if it's a hot take or a not take. I think we tried. To, I think that was a concept we tried a couple times: hot take or not take. Yeah, I, I, we've done a lot of episodes, so yeah, I think I I think I do remember that, but. It's Saturday. Let's enjoy our Saturday, Scott. Let's there get to go. it, baby. Meet me at the Cathead, boys. Hail to the purple. Hail to the white. Wildcat in spirit. Wildcat in fight. Hail alma mater from sea to sea onward forever hail victory ba-dum, 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 ba-dum. fight UK State Wildcats for alma mater fights glory in the combat for the purple and the white faithful to our colors we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Fight, 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 fight. UK State Wildcats for alma mater. Fight, 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 fight. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory. Go State! Two. Ba-da-da-da-da! Ba-da-da-da-da!
Podcast Network.